You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's TechFan295. I am Tim Robertson, back this week with David Cohen. Hello, David. Yay. Hello. So uh, last week, shorter show, did one by myself. And, uh, you know, I talked a lot about the Nintendo Switch, David. And it seems to be all over the tech press for the last two weeks for good reason, I would think. Yep. Do you still like it? Oh, uh, dude, I love it. I think I think I like it more now than when I recorded the last tech fan, to be honest. Yeah. It uh it it let's be honest, it's about one game. I've never been a big Zelda fan. You know, I've got almost all the Zeldas in one incarnation after another. Uh, except for the last few, I've got like one of them, but I don't know. They just, they were never that appealing to me. I was more of a classic arcade or a Grand Theft Auto or the Saboteur or that's that's, that was my flavor. This new Zelda game though is something special. Well, is, is that not because it's actually much more like the sort of game you like? It's kind of an open world yes. version of Zelda. Yes, but it, it is more than that. It mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to explain because I, I, I'll give you Grand Theft Auto as an example. So in Grand Theft Auto, it plops you down in a city. Yep. And at least in the earlier games, you couldn't get to the other side of the city until you completed enough quests and it kind of opened up a little bit. Yeah, I just seem to remember even with... Um I think the last one I played was GTA 4. Even with that, that the bridges were down until you kind of did some stuff. Right. So you were kind of stuck in one area. But even when you're in that area, you can you can drive around, you can walk around, but there's certain places you just can't really go. Yeah. So, like, you could walk up to a building and you're just, there's a building there. And you know there's nothing, you know, under the building or over the building or inside the building. It's just window dressing. Right. But Rockstar has always done such a good job that you just buy into it. But it's still, you know, it's flat. But that's not that's not correct. I'm trying to it's hard for me to describe what's making this Zelda game different. I guess uh and, and I I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever played any of the Zelda games. <laughs> All I know is what, what I've heard of the reviews from the latest one. To to it seems to me the thing is I think the thing you're driving at with GTA is that um just in the same way that if you watch a TV show, say you watch I don't know, um something something relatively recent. Suppose you watch uh, I'm watching Iron Fist right now. Uh, no, I'm thinking about something with a with a recognizable place in it. You know something that's that's kind of well, different. Sorry, Iron, no, Iron Fist suppose, is New York. Yeah. So no. But suppose you watch um, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Star Trek: Generation. Yeah. Um, and you watch it on Blu-ray. Um, which, by the way, if anybody hasn't ever seen Next Generation on Blu-ray, highly recommend it. It looks amazing. They went back to the original film stock and re-scanned it all. So um, it it does not look like Next Generation from the old day. Redid all the effects and everything. That's a side. That's a side issue. If you watch that now, you will think, wow. If I actually went to that set, it would look amazing. And then if you actually went to a set, it wouldn't look amazing. It would look like painted plyboard mm-hmm. because that's what it was. And the thing is, back in the day, you couldn't really tell when you were watching it through a camera lens. I think GTA is a little bit like that in that it does a very good um, casual glance um uh, impre- gives you a very a good casual glance impression of kind of a functioning world. Until you get as close. Soon, as soon as you kind of dig, scratch below the surface of that, you kind of see the smoke and mirrors. You see the trick. And at that point, it kind of takes you out of that. Now, each of those games got better and better and better. But the point is, as soon as you deviated from the the path that the uh, developers expected you to take, even if that path was, was one of 15 different choices, like, you know, go and steal a taxi and then become a cabbie or um, start running people around on the storyline or um, you know, all the other different jobs you could do in that by basically hijacking a car and doing this. Since you went beyond that, as you say, you went to a building that nobody had ever thought you would ever go into. You you see the fact that actually it's all a facade. Correct. Um, and that's that's kind of that's when it, you realize that okay, so it's it's a trick, it's not real, 
uh, and the movie and the the movie and TV industry that's all they ever do. They only spend as much money as they need to to fool the audience to give them the impression of the thing that that they're watching is real and and to hope they don't look too too far which is why you know backgrounds in movies and everything are often paintings and um or they're uh, matted in from somewhere else you know they're not real well zelda changes that right it doesn't hold your hand like almost every video game i've ever played i'll give you an example and, and i'm just now getting to the point point where the game's getting good so that should tell you something mm-hmm. you start out in the great plains and you wake up, and it's been a hundred years since your character has gone to sleep, or whatever. I don't know, but it's been a hundred years, and something cataclysmic has happened. But yet, it's still kind of a cheery place. But there's bad things in it, okay? Right. And there's an old man, and he's the only other person that you kind of come across, at least initially in the game. I know that there's more non-player characters later in the game, but at the beginning, there's this this old guy. And he kind of tells you what you need to start doing. He needs these orbs. And if you get these orbs for him, he'll give you this kite thing that allows you to kind of fly. Right. So, okay. So where's the orbs? And he said, oh, there's see this big tire, tower. You got to go up the tower and you use your goggles and you find them and you put a pin there and then you go there. Okay. Well, that sounds simple enough, right? Well, it's not. One of the towers, for instance, is... Um, or two of them are well one of them is in this real cold cold area and if you go there your character starts freezing and you die so how how do you get to it so you go back and you start kind of exploring the rest of the place you open up chests thinking i'm going to find better clothes or something right except you don't so how do you get to that area well that's up to you as the player if you get enough food, including hot peppers, and make it, it gives you cold resistance for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I can go in these areas, but if your time runs out, you're going to die. So that's not really going to work. So you got to figure out how to do stuff without a non-player character or on-screen instructions coming up saying, Hey, Tim, if you know if you um, have a torch and it's lit... Uh, you can go in the cold areas without dying, except, you know, if you actually try to use another weapon and then you drop the torch and it goes out and then you'll freeze to death. So it, it, it doesn't hold your hand and the world feels real. It yeah. feels solid. Like there's always something just over there. If you just go over there and kind of explore, maybe you'll find some things. Uh, I couldn't figure out how could look. You've played video games, David. What do you? What happens when you come to a wall that separates you from another portion of the map? Well, you can't get through there, right? And you just go. There must be a key or a switch or something somewhere else in the in the world to do. Right. You got to do something first, and it's going to lower a bridge or something. Yeah. Well, in there's one shrine you have to get to, and it's at the top of this cliff that's like a sheer wall. Well, how, how do you get up there? Well, you climb. Yeah. So when you get to a part where you're like, oh, I wish I could get to that little thing over there. Oh, wait a minute. What if, what if I just climb the cliff sideways and get over there? Oh, you can do it. As long as you have the stamina to get there. But the point is, there's always something else to explore. There's always something else to look at. There's nobody holding your hand saying, go left, go right, go left, go backwards. Go. There's none of that. You can go wherever you want. You got to open up the rest of the game. But that's kind of the fun part. You know what I mean? There, there's just yeah. no signs that say, hey, this used to be such and such. And if you give me an acorn, I'll give you nothing like that. The problem is for those of us who are used to being kind of led by the nose through a game, I would imagine that would be quite frustrating. It's not because it's so beautiful. The artwork is just kind of breathtaking in its own way. It's not the neon glow. It's not super high res, you know, 1080p or 4K video footage. It's none of that. It's it's a step up from cartoon, but it's it's not GTA 5 on PS4 quality either. Mm. 
but it doesn't have to be. In fact, it kind of works because it's not. It's it's a video game that you could tell the creators spent years crafting it just so. With respect, and here's the difference, David, with respect to the intelligence of the player. They assume, the people who made this game, they assume that even if you've never played a game like this before, you're going to be smart enough to figure things out. And you are. That's just it. You yeah, know, I, I looked online for a couple little hints, but for the most part, I've just figured things out on my own. And and that's an important distinction between this and almost every other video game of this caliber. That too many other ones treat you like an idiot and hold your hand way too long. And in some respects, David, that itself, I think, is more boring. Yeah, it becomes a speedrun thing then, doesn't it? Yes. How, how quickly can I figure out what the developer wants me to do so that I can get onto the next part? Um, and it's not ultimately self-fulfilling at all. No. So I, I've been playing. Now I wish I was playing it more, but, you know, work. Plus Marvel's Iron Fist just came out today, so I've, I'm three episodes into that so far. So far, it's the weakest of the Netflix Marvel series. I've I've heard that. Yeah, um, I, I'm enjoying I'll, it. Yeah, but I'll probably still watch it anyway. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah. It it's the weakest so far. So far, um, I'm still enjoying it immensely though. <laughs> uh, but Zelda is fantastic. It really, really is. It it makes you think in a fun, engaging way. And at the end of the day, David. Isn't that what you kind of want out of a video game? Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes I just want to play Pac-Man and run around a maze. But if I'm going to immerse my, if I'm going to spend $60 on a game, not me, I mean me as all of us. If we're going to spend $60 on a game, don't you want to get your money's worth? Don't you want to be engaged in a way that you think about it when you're in the shower? How am I going to get up that? How can I do that? How can I get past this cold area? Those are the kind of things that set this video game apart. It feels like a real place. It feels like the developers are respecting players in a way that most game companies do not. And when you pair that with the new Nintendo Switch, because you could play this game on the Nintendo Wii U as well. And I, I don't know how good it is there. I haven't haven't even looked at it to be honest. Yeah. But when you pair this game to the to the Nintendo Switch, it is something special. Now, I've said it before, I like playing games on my big screens, right? Mm-hmm. Not the case with Zelda. It feels more intimate. It's a little easier to control, to be honest. Uh at least with the arrows. But it feels more intimate on the Switch itself on that screen. It, it's just, it's it's so good. And I think if Nintendo can continue the quality that I'm seeing in Zelda with the new Mario game, I think they're going to have a huge hit on their hands for a while. I think that the Nintendo Switch is going to, I don't think it's going to do Nintendo Wii numbers. But I think it could. It's 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 obviously going to pass uh, Nintendo Wii U. Yeah. But I think that this is going to do fifty million within a few years. But it's going to kind of put Nintendo back on the radar of a lot of people who kind of wrote them off as ah they kind of do their own thing and they have their own little clique of fans and that's about it. This is going to do for Nintendo what Halo did for Microsoft. You know, mm. what GTA originally did for the PS2. Yeah, or what Half-Life did for the PC. Exactly. It's it's that kind yeah. of a game-changing combination of the hardware and the software and well thought out. I know that there's there's a lot of rumors and, and some news out there saying, oh, there's some defective ones. And that's just, that's every single product that comes out nowadays. The squeaky wheel gets all the attention. Hmm. I haven't had one problem with this. Not one. It's it's yeah, a solid, it's, it, crafted piece of uh, electronics. It really is. Yeah, it's certainly um, 
you know, I mean, it's selling very well. Uh, they, you know, they they seem to have. Uh, I I think I think the prob the problem I I found with the Switch before it launched, and I've still not really had a chance to play with one properly, was that I didn't I I didn't. It's one of those things that I think you need to see it to get it. You do because um, you kind of you you look you look at what the uh, at what the kind of the USP is. Okay, so it's a console, but it's also a tablet. You know, you and you can think, why would I want to do that? But I, I think what you're describing about this game uh, reinforces why you'd want to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I was very struck by something you said last week, which was, you know, so I'm playing a game on the TV, and then or or Cole is, and then then I want to come in and watch a football game. Well, he just takes it out and he picks up where he's going. I thought that is incredibly cool. Mm-hmm. You know that really is incredibly cool. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I I think as well the control scheme, the 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 idea of moving the 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 controllers from one device to another again, it was is one of those things that that kind of I didn't understand why you would want to do that. Why not just have them all fixed in until you talk about how you actually use it in practice, and then oh, oh right, I see, okay, yeah, and it's it's it, it's it's what you said. You don't get it until you see it in action, or someone yeah. does a really good job of explaining it, which I don't know if I did or not, but you remember when the iPad came out. Mm. And a lot of people said, I, before it came out, it's just a big iPhone. This is this a is stupid, big iPhone, yeah. why would you want it? That's the point. It is like a big iPhone. That's what makes it so great. You can look at the switch in the same kind of context. Well, if, if it's plugged in the TV, why do I want to unplug it and use a smaller screen? Because you can, because yeah. you could take it with you. It's until you actually start using it and feeling it in your hand and how easy it is to take off the little controllers off each side of the little tablet and completely use them in a different way that no other video game console has even attempted to do before. Um, you just don't understand why this is such a great thing. And it could be, it could be the next big thing. I th- I think it probably is going to be the next big thing. Uh, I think Nintendo seem to have have kind of really got it right with this one. Um, it's it's getting great reviews. It's getting great press. Um, it's selling well. I mean, they only sold thirteen and a half million Wii U's in four years. Yeah, the Wii U really was a, a bit of a miss. Mm-hmm. So they don't have far to go to make this successful from Nintendo's perspective. No, they're almost ten percent of the way there. Se- yeah, they've already sold one and a half million, and that's in that's in about three weeks. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they they don't have a long way to go to make this, you know, kind of bring them back into the game. And of course, that's what you want because, you know, the points you've just made. Um, I mean, I've as I said, I've never played a Zelda game. The description you've just given me makes me want to go out and buy one and play it. It really does. It's immersive. I, it's the sound quality. Here's the other thing: the sound quality coming out of the Switch is fantastic. I, yeah. I, I'm playing Zelda and it's night at one point and I can hear crickets and the sound staging on this little thing is so good that I had to pause it for a second and look around. Cause I thought maybe there was a cricket in the house. That's yeah. how good the audio quality is coming out of this little Nintendo switch. Yeah. It, it, I, it's uh, crazy. I, one of my favorite games of all time, quite literally is super Mario galaxy. I paid the hell out of that in the Wii. Um, and I still think it's one of the finest games ever made because it's just perfect. Yep. You know, like the way it controls, the way it moves, the setup, the setup, even though it's the same setup in every Mario game ever, the way it's implemented, um, you know, and, and, and the, the audacity of it. Okay. Well, we want to set one in space. Let's make Mario the spaceship. And then he goes from world to world, and then they, they you know, everything is done in 3D, and, and the, the kind of sheer variety of the different things you can do in the game. And again, goes back to what you're saying, that open world design, where you can, you, you can go to a part of the map, and then you can go, right, I'm stuck on this bit, so I'm going to go and do something else now. Yep. You know, that, that, it gave it so much replayability, and, um, you know, and also as well, 
one of the things I've always enjoyed about that sort of game, and I've experienced this quite a few times in my gaming life. Uh, I experienced it with with the first two Tomb Raider games when I, I used to play them with my wife. Um, I've experienced experienced it with Super Mario Galaxy where we played it with the whole family. Is that thing where if somebody's controlling the game, other people sit around and go, "Well, try this." Yep. Go there, do that. Have you thought about doing this way? And it becomes a, an interactive experience for more than one person. Yep. That, to me, is, is the sort... The, all of those things are the sort of things that Nintendo excel at, probably more than pretty much any other video game company going at the moment. You know um, what's funny? We've talked about... Uh, not just us, but I've heard it on many, many other podcasts over the years. Has Nintendo lost this way? Does Nintendo have to embrace the iPad and iPhone and Android with their games to be successful. Aren't they looking a little silly now? Their hardware is always far behind the Xbox One or the PS3. They just can't compete. They should get out of the hardware business and just concentrate on what they're really good at, and that's making games, right? We've said that. People have speculated. The Nintendo Switch is going to change that. They're going to say, why would they not make the hardware? Look at the Switch. The, the games are crafted for this device. And that's a big difference between... <laughs> I heard another show that I listen to occasionally. Uh, my only concern about the Switch is they're not going to get the big AAA titles. Because I'm seeing some of the big AAA titles. It's coming to PS4 and it's coming to Xbox One. But what? It's not coming to the Nintendo Switch? That says bad things about the Switch. No, it doesn't. Because the best games on the Switch are created for the Switch. It takes advantage of what makes the Switch a different type of platform. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a better platform than the PS4. I've got a PS4. I'm not saying it's a better one than Xbox One. I've got an Xbox One. I've got all three. They all have their strengths and weaknesses, but the Xbox One and the PS4 are very, very similar. Almost identical when you get right down to it. They play the same type of games. The controls are almost identical. Um, the only reason to have two different systems like the Xbox One and the PS4 is exclusives, right? Yeah. You can only get this on the Xbox One or you can only get this on the PS4. Fine, then I have to have the PS4 to play that game. That's not the case with the Switch. The games that are going to work the best on the Switch, like this Zelda game, Breath of the Wild, is it's designed for the player on the Switch, whether you're playing it on your big screen or in portable mode, if you will, mm. it's designed and it's it's built around the thought that this is the device that they're holding in their hand. Just like the 3DS, this is the device that they're holding. We know what the hardware specs are going to be. Um, let's take advantage of what the known factors of this platform and that it's different then the other two, well, three if you count PC, or four if you count tablets and phones. Mm. Let's make it w- how this could really be effective on this platform. And those are the things that are going to make the Switch stand out. It's going to set yeah. it apart. Yeah. The other thing as well is that Nintendo is kind of its own <laughs> ecosystem now. They are. Um, they've, they've suffered the last few years because their um, their desktop console, the Wii U, really wasn't that great. But um, it was better know, than most people give it credit for. Yeah, but the point is nobody bought it. It doesn't really matter whether it was better or not. Nobody bought it. Um, the I the point it. is is that what they, <laughs> well you know what I mean. Not many people bought it. No. Uh, the point about the um, about the switch though, um, and this was the same back when the Wii was 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 big, is right. that it's its own ecosystem. So you have a game, you have a game for the for the desktop console, then you can then do a, a version of that game for the handhelds. The yeah. handhelds, that's a huge captive market. Yep. Because those guys have got, you know, there's millions of the things out there and they want to play the same games. They can play on the Switch. Yep. They can play on the Wii. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, Nintendo's going to have another hit on its hands no matter what they do when they bring Breath of the Wild to the 3DS. Well, you know, when, well, and I don't know if they're going to. Um, or... Uh, they might be, bring a game that's called that, but it's not going to be this game, if no. that makes sense. Um, like I just said, I, I bought it. Yeah. And when I bought the Nintendo Wii U, I had high hopes for it. And I actually liked it a lot better than the Wii. I thought the Wii was the most disappointing game console that Nintendo's ever made. Um, 
it was clunky. The controls were ahead of their time in a bad way. Um, it, it and quite honestly, if you take out a couple of Nintendo's old games, there really wasn't anything worth buying on the Wii. You know, Wii Sports that came with it, that with the bowling. I, I remember Julie and Brittany playing that all the time. You know, uh, the Mario game, like you're talking about, Galaxies. I played yeah. that all the time. Yeah. But beyond that, there just wasn't anything on the platform, and it was not exciting. Yeah. And I, everything I, I, I that was know. great I, I was mean, coming I, out I, on the PS2. I, 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 I guess it's what you want to play and who you want to play with and how you want to play them. We we didn't have an Xbox back then, so we only had the Wii. Right. And we bought – we had a, a whole stack of games. In fact, my wife keeps asking me, when are you going to set the Wii back up? Um, we don't really have the space for it in our new house, to be honest. But um, she does keep asking me that. And she, and I think she's going to make me move the Xbox 360 from where it is now so the Wii can get, be set up there. Yeah. Um, in fact, <laughs> I might – I might be able to convince her to let me buy a Switch. The one, you know what? I'm not sure. I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to wait for the first price cut because it is quite pricey, and the games are also quite pricey. You're not. But, you're, you're then you're not buying one for probably five years. The price is reckon? not going. Oh yeah. Well, Nintendo never cuts the price on their things initially, especially if there's a hit. The Wii U didn't have a price cut until three years. So no, it, you're not going to get a price cut anytime soon. Oh well. And they don't have we to. Should, let's be honest. Yeah, it's we, not we pricey though. It's it's two ninety nine. Huh? It's two ninety nine. That's not yeah, pricey I, at all. I don't. I, the games though are very very expensive. Certainly here in the UK, uh, seventy pounds for uh, for Breath of the Wild. Yeah, but you're going to play it. You're going to get all your money's worth. Here's the thing: for that much money, you're. I knowing you the way I know you. You're going to get 200 hours of gameplay from it. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. Is there anything out there that you could spend 70 pounds on and get 200 hours worth of gameplay on it? Nothing. There's no other game out there. Let me put it this way. Would you, if knowing what you know about Galaxy right now, if that was available as a straight port, nothing different on this platform that you could take with you, would you buy it? Probably. This is a better game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, interestingly enough, actually, is it backwardly compatible with anything else? Not yet. No? Uh, Nintendo is being Nintendo. They keep a lot of things close to the vest, but there has been uh, stories out there that they're going to... It, it, it's it's barren. There's hardly any games available for it right now. Yeah. Uh, it's really not going to come into its own until this fall, and probably late fall at that. But... That's okay, because this is enough game right now. And they're releasing indie stuff every week on it. Okay, so there's going to be stuff to do. But Nintendo's going to release uh, the retro stuff, just like they did on the Wii and Wii U. And the news going around is that if you bought any of the stuff, any of these games, like the original Mario Brothers, on the Wii U, on the classic console there... Hmm. Your purchases will be available for download on the Switch, and you you just download them and play them. You don't have to buy stuff again. Right. I think because of the power of the this compared to, say, the GameCube or the Wii, I think that they're going to release a lot of their back catalogs from those catalogs, uh, games from those catalogs on the system. So I think eventually you will be able to play Super Mario Galaxy on this mm-hmm. or Super Mario Galaxy 2, which is also a very good game. Yeah. So I think that's going to come. Um, I think a year from now, everybody's going to be talking about this platform. And I, the one who I think is going to suffer the most in the video game wars, if you will, is Microsoft. Yeah. I think they're the ones that are doing the dumbest things right now. And let's be honest, they didn't get off to a great start with the Nintendo One. Um, yeah, the Xbox One. The, yeah, the, uh, the Xbox One. Yeah, and... Yeah. and um Xbox yeah, they're 180. Not, they're not consolidating. They are consistently behind the PS4. Well, and now they're saying that, oh, well, if you buy, we, we got this new Xbox One anywhere, so you'll be able to play Xbox Ones on your PC. How does that help your console sales, idiots? You're, 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 ugh. Yeah, it, I know. It makes no I, sense. And, and who wants to do that anyway? Well, a lot of people, to be honest with you. So if they start doing that, why do they need an Xbox One? 
I don't get it. I don't either. I think no. I think Sony's going to be fine because they they're concentrating on what makes the PlayStation Four such a powerful, feature rich gaming environment. But they're going high end with VR, releasing a new PS4 with even more power, um, and Nintendo's going the low route. Yeah. The low end as far as graphics, and it's not cutting edge as far as that aspect. It doesn't have the most horsepower. But you know what? It might have the better games, or at least a different type of game that's just as appealing as the high-end ones that, you know, you can see the veins in your enemy's eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. It's it's an exciting time, to be honest. And I think Nintendo made this this generation of home consoles even more exciting. And that's saying something, especially yeah. coming from Nintendo. You, know, look, as you, can't, you can't fault Nintendo for innovation. No. Uh, you absolutely can't do that. And they keep they keep trying and trying and trying. Some things work, some things don't. And that's the nature of innovation. But... <laughs> You know, they've not listened to us, and uh, it's working for them. So, Well, they kind of did, because they are releasing some of their games now on mobile. And they're doing extremely well. Mm. I, yeah. You know, Super Mario Run's doing... That made them a lot of money. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah. Let's take a um, quick break here, David. We'll come back and uh, talk about some other tech stuff. Okay. This is Mark Chappell of the Essential Mac and the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And this is Carl Madden of the Mac and Forth Show podcast. You know what, Carl? Nope, never met him. But it's funny how many people ask. No, no, no. I mean, you know what we should do? Get better writers? Well, that goes without saying no. I think we should merge. Excuse me? Rampant Mumblings, Essential Mac, Mac and Forth should merge. Sounds messy. No, no, no. It'll be good. We can still have all the incisive news, views, and opinions of Rampant Mumblings and Essential Mac along with... Well, whatever Mac and Forth has to offer. Hmm. And what should we call this new monster? Uh, I mean, venture. Well, it's still essentially an Apple-related show, so why not, how do you like those apples? Catchy, but does it essentially sum up what an Apple show should be about? All right, how about get your apples here, an apple a day, chatty apple, happy pie, oh, oh. Just Apple. No, we essentially need something that is more Apple-related. Monkey tennis! Huh? No, no, no. We just need something essentially Apple that lets people know we will essentially be discussing Apple-related things. You knuckleheads. Just call your new podcast the Essential Apple Podcast for when people have essentially run out of good podcasts to listen to. Should have gone with monkey tennis. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast 295. We'd love to get feedback from you. Real easy to do. Simply send an email to the show at techfanpodcast.com. David and I will, uh, well, honestly, we'll get them and we'll read them and then we'll share them here. We haven't really gotten a whole lot lately. It's kind of disappointing. We got, we got, we got something from Joseph Herzl. Um, and he sent through a Facebook video, um, which was um, a news story from back in the day well, about is, people David, who I'm, were ripping off Pac-Man. Yeah, I'll just play it right here because the audience yeah. will hear it, but you won't. So, um, it, FBI agents are putting the bite on Pac-Man, or at least Pac-Man imitators. In a first-of-its-kind raid yesterday, the feds seized 60 counterfeit video games worth about $200,000 at two hillside companies, United States Amusement and Bagatelle Amusements. The phony games look like and sound like the real thing, but aren't the real McCoy. Illegal game copying, a felony, punishable by two years in prison and a $25,000 fine. I'm Frank Casey, reporting from the WPIX Bureau, New Jersey. So I think it's very interesting. Don't you miss the news like that anymore. No, well, that's true, too. But <laughs> 1982. Yeah. People report <laughs> that people have been counterfeiting Pac-Man and video games. <laughs> the Jeremy, the, <laughs> the Nazi Reich has been on the move lately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that, that guy was uh, was clearly brought up in the uh, in the kind of the, the newsreel era. And here's um, the funny thing: for those who can't see the video itself, he's a black guy. <laughs> you would never know it by listening to uh, that. Uh, unfortunately, that was the way you, you got ahead in the industry back then. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, uh, of course, you know this. This has always gone on. Anything yes. that's successful, people trying to cash in on, and uh, and we've seen it with the uh, certainly the NES Classic, where it wasn't available for a long time, and people were selling it for silly money on eBay. 
um the uh the switch there's been a little bit of that as well though it, it looks like nintendo have not made the same mistake this time and they've made plenty of them they they seem to be generally available now they they kind of went off for a, a week or two and now they're back in the stores again yeah but this is a story about counterfeits we're, we're not yeah. getting the counterfeit nes classics or the switch this was going way back to two things it's a physical copy but it's also piracy and yeah. 1982 nothing's changed there's still oh, piracy it, rampant and and just anything that's successful people will figure out a way to scam it and make money out of it yep. whether it's copying it counterfeiting it or just you know buying them all up and then sell them a, sell them a huge margin um anybody out there don't do that Please. Uh, no matter how great these things are, and, and Tim certainly talked it up, don't go out and pay $800 for a Nintendo Switch. No. Don't pay $250 for an NES Classic. It's, you know, just wait. <laughs> it's not like we're short of things to do. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm way over the whole, you know, queue up for the iPhone thing now. Oh, I am too. Um, you know, I, I will, I'm quite happy to wait weeks, months, whatever, till they're available. Well, um, to be fair, yeah. though, the iPhone really isn't ch- hasn't really changed enough no. to warrant you having to have the latest and greatest. Because, quite frankly, it's not going to do much of anything more than the one you've got right now. Yeah, but I was really excited to get the Apple Watch, for instance, and and yet, you know, I ordered one when it was available. I didn't, you know, kind of do anything. I certainly wasn't interested in paying over the odds to get one from somebody who grabbed one up on the first day. And the same with the AirPods. I. I wanted them i found a way to get them and i waited until they're available and i got them yep you know that's so the way you're supposed to do it by the way yeah yeah exactly so i i got an nes classic actually did you I did, yeah i did the same thing with with that i had a a watch um you know a, a website that would in, email me when they came in stock and it was actually while i was away in the states i got an email saying they were in stock um, with a, a UK supplier. So, in fact, I ordered it direct from Nintendo. So, um, just paid the standard price and it was waiting for me when I got home. Um, and I really, really like it. I know that you've, you've built your, your own kind of version with the Raspberry Pi and that's something that I definitely want to do as well. But, uh, I really wanted to try out kind of the official version and see what it was like and kind of see what it was worth all the hype. And it is very, very cool. It's really, really well done. Yeah, it is. It's it's one of those things that when you see the videos, it makes you want one. I wanted one when I saw the videos, but I didn't need one because I, yeah, what I built is actually a hundred times better. But that's okay. I, it's still super super cool. And if you like classic Nintendo arc uh, video games, it, it's a great way to kind of jump back in and relive them, and yet. It's also extremely easy to hack and put a whole lot more content on there. Well, that, that's that's what I'll be looking at next. But but it's just simple. the you know default out of the box experience. The advantage the the classic has over building a Raspberry Pi or anything like that is it's completely low friction. You know it it could not be easier. Um, you plug it into your TV with an HDMI cable. It's powered by USB, and most TVs nowadays have have a USB port on them, so you can plug it in there to power it up. Um, plug the control in your front and you're away. Um, the interface is actually very reminiscent of the sort of stuff you get in RetroPie. Um, and it's very well done. The quality of the graphics and the way it works are exceptional. Um, you can even have, it even has a fake, uh, a scanline effect in there if you want it. So you can actually turn that on in the options. So you get that scanline thing that, that you had to do with a, a port on the outside for your, uh, for your, uh, main, uh, controls when you were building those uh, those ones in the cabinet. Um, the, uh, the selection games I think is very good. They've chosen some a, a kind of good mix of 80s games on there. Different styles as fighting games as things like Punch Out, Streets of Rage. Um, uh, is it Streets of Rage or is it Double Dragon? No, Streets of Rage Street's was the same one. It's Double Dragon. Um, they've got uh, obviously you know the arcade games, the Mario Brothers games, the um, Donkey Kong games are on there. Um, you know, there's um, metroid and stuff like that there's there's all kind of different stuff the presentation is really good um disappointingly there's no manuals for the games built with the console it, it points you to the web when you uh, when you try and do that which uh, i would have liked to have seen the manuals built in um the only real downside of it to me is the damn controller cable is too short yeah 
you know, yeah, and it would be nice if they bundled two in there rather than yeah. one. But um, there are ways around that. You can get extra controllers, and you can also get controllers with much longer cables on it. They can the connector on that. It looks it almost looks like a FireWire 800 cable. It's really weird. It is. Um, but uh, yeah, th- that's the only disappointment of it is that the the cable is too short, and we, we ended up playing playing with it virtually right on top of the TV because we didn't have uh, a long controller. But apart from that, it's really nice. I, I, if you're remotely interested in old video games and you're not interested in building something yourself, I would definitely recommend picking one up. It's probably the nicest kind of dedicated retro uh, console that I've seen from any of the manufacturers so far. I know that these things are ten a penny. You can get the Atari ones and everything, but I, this one really is very well done. Yep, I like the the fact that it has save spa, spot, so you can be in the yeah. middle of a game that did not support saves on the NES, and yeah. you just save your progress right there. Exactly, and it works very well. You just reset the game, and immediately it pops up and says you want to save this, save this progress. Um, so it, it's a very it's a very cool thing. Now, yes, the next thing I need to do with it is is figuring out figure out the hack so I can get some some extra software on there. So it's easy. It's it's yeah. extremely easy to to hack it now and add new games to it with artwork. I mean, it looks like the, the better ones out there, and it will take you two seconds to Google it and find those. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually look just like it would have came that way. I mean, they, it doesn't take the hacker community, especially in video games long to, to, to get into it. It's just a Linux system, number one, uh, yeah. but to, to hack it in a way that it's, you would never know it was hacked. It doesn't void your warranty. Um, and it, it's easy to do and it just looks fantastic. And it has all the same, it's saved states, everything. It just works. Is it, is it how much storage is on there for extra games? Uh, I can't remember now off the top of my head. I knew a couple weeks ago, but then but I got those games the aren't big. No, they're tiny. I mean, yeah, it, it's nothing. I think it supports up to I'm going to say 99 games or 199 right. games. Two more games than you'll ever play on it. Yeah, but it's okay. easy to do. Uh, if you screw it up, you are going to brick the system, though. Um, but it's 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 almost foolproof at, proof at this point. Yeah, and it's and it's fifty quid. It's not like you've dropped three hundred, four hundred pounds on something. Exactly. So. I, I mean, I won't do it with a switch, but meh. No. Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. screw it up, I, you already have an image with all this and a whole lot more. You're just you just have to re- build your uh, retro pie. Yeah. So pretty simple. You know what's not simple is uh, is buying Mac stuff sometimes because it seems like. Man, it, it, uh, it, it, finding stuff that's dedicated to the Mac, sometimes you, you find something online and you find out it's PC only. That's kind of a pain, you know? Well, our sponsor, yeah. go to MacSales.com, and uh, it's all Mac stuff, David. Yep. <laughs> now, a lot of this and, stuff will work with PCs, but, hey, it's Mac first here. But here I want to make a plea because we all know that you can go out and you can buy off Amazon or ebay or various other places this kind of cheap chinese stuff that's supposed to be standards compliant uh, i've been looking at USB-C stuff recently because we are work laptops have USB-C cables uh, ports on them and i tell you it's a complete not a nightmare a complete nightmare because there's so much stuff out there and it all says it all works until you actually get it and it doesn't yeah and the chinese stuff is terrible for that and some of this stuff is dangerous these cables if you're doing charging stuff like that, it can actually destroy your laptop. So don't it do it. Absolutely can. Go to, yeah. Now, USB-C is the future. It's certainly the Mac future on the laptops. The uh, the little MacBook has a single USB-C port, and then all the new ones have USB-C ports as well. Do yourself a favor. If you're going to get extra chargers, extra cables, extra connectors and dongles, and you don't want to get them from Apple, and Apple only have a limited range, yeah, Go to Mac Sales and get them from there because they have stuff that is guaranteed to work with your Mac, is guaranteed to be standards compliant with USB-C, and they'll stand by it. And um, yeah, I heard a, I had a podcast, I think it was Accidental Tech, a few weeks ago. And one of the guys on there said that he bought RAM from OWC five years ago, and the and it failed in his Mac in his Mac Pro. And he called them up and they said, yeah, just RMA it, we'll send you a new set. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what you're getting when you buy from Max Sales rather than, you know, you know, try doing that with Amazon or eBay and see how well you get on. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes you might spend a little bit more at MaxSales.com, but sometimes you won't. For instance, right now they have a, this is a three and a half inch hard drive, six terabytes. 
six terabytes. <laughs> it's a hundred and eighty seven dollars. Man. That's it's that's crazy. Crazy. This is a three hundred and fifty dollar drive other places. Hundred and eighty seven bucks. So Dave is absolutely right. You want quality, you want to make sure you're not getting a cheap Chinese knockoff that's gonna destroy the pins in your iPhone when you plug it in. Get it from a reputable source. And that reputable source, as far as we're concerned, is MaxSales.com. So, yeah. David, Google, <laughs> you put this story uh, in. Uh, I, I'm dumbfounded by this. I really am. I uh, This is, I don't know how more, how, how can you sabotage your own product worse than this? Yeah. This is, uh, so this is the Google Home, which is, um, Google's version of uh, Amazon's very successful Echo system. So, um, you know, it's it's a cylinder that sits in the corner of your room and it listens all the time to everything you say and you can ask it questions like Siri and that sort of thing. So um, the register has posted a story with a video to match that basically says this the, this, this one guy was... Um, he said, okay, Google. Here, you know what? Let's name it. Let's well, play. I've done it. We're, I've done it, haven't I? I've just said the phrase. People, well, I don't know how many of those. Well, are let's play this. I'm going to play yeah, this video. Play the, the video. Yeah, here's yeah. the video. Okay, Google. What's my day like? Hello, Bryson. The time is 7.44 a.m. The weather in Park Ridge currently is 21 degrees and sunny with a high of 37 degrees. Your commute to work is currently 39 minutes by public transit. By the way, Disney's live-action Beauty and the Beast opens today. Yay! version of the story, Belle is the inventor instead of Maurice. That rings truer if you ask me. For some more movie fun, ask me to tell you something about Belle. Have a good one. So, literally, he asks this device that he spent 120 bucks for, 130 bucks. what's his day like? And it gives him an ad for Disney's Beauty and the Beast. And and then <laughs> when when approached, Google lies about this. They flat out lie. They go, "Oh, this isn't an ad. The beauty is the assistant uh, of the assistant is that it invites our partners to be our guests and share their tales." Now, I think that was tongue in cheek. Uh, not not to say it wasn't a bad response, but I think because like, it uses the phrase "be our guest." Yes which is from Beauty and the Beast. And I think some clever marketing hack got the email and thought, oh, well, I'm going to I'm gonna joke about this. Be our guest and share their tales. Yep. You know, as in fairy tales. But they invite in their, the Beast. They, in, they invite them. Yeah. They're partners. It, it's, I, I, think, I think, you know, some dickhead, frankly, wrote that thing. But you know what? Um, that just goes to show how tone deaf and stupid marketing people who've who've put this idea together are um and google um rode back from it fairly quickly um and said no oh, we're not doing this we should we should have done better in this case um we're experimenting in new ways to surface unique content for our users in other words um, how else can we send ads to people without yeah. it pissing everyone off that's so what that means. They've stopped doing this now. So this was this was an experiment gone bad. And, and you know, the, you, you notice the when problem, they say the problem is corporately, they think this all this sort of stuff is all right. Yep. You it, know, you know what's I, I, this I've is just the difference. The, I've just had this with my boss. My boss said to it to us the other day. Oh, you know, there's a few people in the. We're quite a small company. There's only about thirty of us. He says we got some new starters, and they were in the office the other day. I think a really great idea to improve our corporate culture would be to uh, set up a WhatsApp group so we can share pictures about what we're doing during the working day. And I went, no, because WhatsApp is owned by Facebook, and they want to turn that stuff into advertising. Yeah, completely inappropriate. But people are just kind of suckered into this stuff, and then it turns around and goes wrong. So this is the difference between Apple and Google. Do you think that this would ever happen on an an Apple device? If you ask Siri what time it is, do you think she's going to start talking to to you about the, the latest Pixar movie? No. That would never happen. Do you think the screen, you open up your phone, and you have, and it's a five second video? Uh, about Star Wars on there? No, that would never happen. It would never happen. Never, 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 never. But no. the difference is we are Apple's customers. We're not Google's customers. And Google's official response to this, the last sentence, 
is very telling. We're continuing to experiment with new ways to surface unique content for users. Users, not customers, users. That's because when you buy a Google product, as a consumer, they don't consider you their customer. You're not. You're the user of their products. Their customers are advertising agencies. That's who their customers are. That's where they're getting the real money from. In fact, what in the comments to this article, somebody says exactly that. It says, translation, they are sorry that their attempt at monetizing the stream further didn't go off so well, and they'll think of other ways to further profit from your device in the future. Yep. It's a 100% yeah. right. But you you bought this. That's the thing. You know, and even in that, and I, I think even Amazon a, wouldn't you, do this. That Amazon may... No, they wouldn't. Um, Amazon may, the only thing Amazon might do is actually advertise other Amazon products and services through through the uh, Amazon Echo, but I don't think they would do it in such a ham-fisted way. The, this is the, you know, I've, I've ranted about this before. This is the problem with all this kind of targeted advertising is it doesn't bloody work. No. Nope. Yeah? They Apparently, we give up all this information to get targeted ads. You still get the same Viagra crap and everything that everyone else does. If anything, um, this ad... What they what Google did here, and don't let them bullshit you on this. Any, this was an ad. It was a yeah. it was a paid ad. If anything, they hurt their real customer, which is Disney in this case. They hurt Disney by you are now if you heard that coming out of your device that you paid for because you mistakenly thought you were Google's customer when you're not. Uh, you just bought a an advertising delivery device is all you did for Google so they can get more money. If you heard this, you have now negative thoughts about this movie. Don't you? Yeah, I I would. Now in the video, it sounds like you hear a kid go, yay. Yeah. Was that, was that the, in the ad or was that his, one of his kids? I think it was one of his kids. Uh, so, listening to it with headphones. From that, a, from that point of view, you could say that it worked. Yeah. But the problem is, is that's what a parent does not want. Yeah. Is a, a device that that has nothing to do with his kids all of a sudden doing something that's going to start sucking his kids in. Yeah. It's bad enough when you turn on TV and the kids are being advertised directly to as well. Yep. Great. Thanks, Google. Because I was going to push this off to next weekend, but. Now little Johnny's going to be bugging me about it the whole freaking weekend because you, you shoved this ad down my throat when I didn't want to. I, I purposely wasn't letting him watch TV. Yeah. You know, it, in your, in the show notes, you put Google forgot the don't be evil part. Now, I don't think this is evil, but I do think it's crass. Okay, no, it's, e- oh, it's no, evil. I think it's evil because I this is. Yeah, this I, I is, take it back. You're right. This it is. is something you're putting. You you are paying them to put in your home. It's an access portal to their services, and what they are not doing is 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 considering the contract you've made with them in that. You know, it's fine for them to say, "We well, you know what Gmail is free, so we've got a right to read your email." And and all that. you know, that, I know, we all understand the business model that if you're not paying, then you are the product. Yep. I understand that, but the point is, you are paying for this device. This device that is sold, this is going to make your life better. It's going to be more convenient. Yeah, for but you. Google doesn't yeah? think that way, right? And and this is a device that is sat in your home, listening to everything all the time, and what they're showing is that the first thing that that's happened when you've done that is. Is that they are they are thinking? Okay, let's start shoving uh, ads down at you. And of course, I'm sure they'd love to target those ads. And I'm sorry, that is evil. It is evil to sell something under false pretenses, yeah, and then use it as just another way of spamming you with ads. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. Yep. I take it. I take it back. You're right. It is. Uh, and there, there's you can't justify this on any level. You nope. just can't. And well, shame. All on I say is I will never buy. Uh, uh, anything like uh, the Google Home? No. I've got the Amazon one. I'm very happy with it. If Amazon, if Amazon ever did anything like this, the thing would be out the door straight away. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, you know, I don't have any of these things. I, I, I don't see where any of this would actually fit into our lives at all. It wouldn't be useful to us. Uh, but even if it did, it sure the hell wouldn't be the Google product at this point. No, yep. no way. Because uh, I only have to hear that one time to know. Nope, not buying that. Yep. So good job, Google. You, I probably wouldn't have bought one anyways, but that cemented it. 
And I, yeah, and but I it, guarantee it also, you anybody it also listening means, to this show... Oh, you're never going to use OK Google on uh, a phone or a watch or any other device because you know this is what their attitude is. Right. And I got to say, anybody who probably listened to the show who doesn't own one, I, I bet more than 75% of our audience feel exactly the same way. So I put that out there. What do you guys think? Would Yeah. Would you welcome this kind of intrusive advertising in a product like this? Do you think there's anything wrong with it? Or do you or agree you have, with yeah, us? Or if you have one and you think, okay, well, they did it. They've rolled back from it, so I'm going to give them a pass. And it doesn't cha- Does it change your attitude towards the device at all or not? I'm interested to know that, really. And if you own one, when you ask that question, in the back of your mind, are you waiting for an ad now? Oh, they didn't give me an ad. They're okay still. I don't know. I, I, Dave and I really, really would like to know, so let us know. Yeah. Uh, the show at techfanpodcast.com. Uh, we absolutely are uh, seeking your input on the content that we're talking about here. And, uh, you know, look, we do read ads here on TechFan. So, but we don't charge you guys to listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know, it, it's free. Um, and you can't skip this thing on the Google. I mean, it starts you know, talking, you, you're, it's playing. And also, you know, you know what you're getting. We, we're not we're not hiding the ad. We're not trying to fool you with the ad. Um, we make it perfectly clear when we're talking about the ad, and everyone is perfectly within the rights to skip the ad if they want to. Yep. You just yeah. You know most, what we don't do is podcast players let you just swipe forward right past yeah. it if you want. And that's it. What we would don't do and what we would never do is weave the ad into our the ads into our general conversation so you can't get past them. And you always know if we we always make it very clear if we're talking about something that is an ad when it isn't. And we, we don't we, do that kind call of it right that, out. you know that social media ball that so many people do where yeah. they they tweet about things that they're being paid to tweet about. Yep. And you don't know whether it's their real opinion or whether it's a paid promotion. It's a sad state. It really is. And I think Google screwed up massively here, but I don't think it's going to hurt them, to be honest, because I don't, they're such a big company now. It's, it's, but I tell you what, one of the things I do want to talk about on a future episode coming up, David, is what's going on with Uber. Um, It's kind of a crazy story. And when you think it can't get any worse, it does. I mean, they're in a big, pretty big court battle now with Alphabet, the parent company of Google, yeah. um, over stolen technology. Uh, it, I, it's fascinating from many different perspectives, and that's something that we're going to have to dedicate a, a good portion of a future show to. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think there is definitely a conversation to be had there about yeah. you know the difference between a company or a product is a good idea. And then the the operation of the people who deliver that, yeah. and whether the idea is good enough to overcome evil, your your natural resistance to supporting people who you may perhaps don't really agree with. Yeah, and we do plan on getting back to uh, uh, the geeky Marvel stuff that we talked about. We did the DC. We'll get to get to the Marvel as well. Um, I'm looking forward to that conversation, and I hope you know. I know a lot of people that are listening to this podcast probably aren't video game players. So, you know, we try to craft the stuff that we're talking about weaving it into the larger tech world, but sometimes Dave and I just want to have fun here too and just (laughs) talk about other stuff. (laughs) Yeah, well, as as I say, you know, up in the show notes, you'll always know what we're talked about. If you don't want to listen to a show, then by all means don't. And if you think we're going on too much about particular topics you don't want to hear about then then let us know and we'll we'll bear that in mind and we'll you know change our focus but you know the the beauty of this of this show over other shows is that we we try not to be uh, obviously we have partisan views about about some of the things we use but we try to to cover all things and we we don't we don't want the show itself to be just a partisan show we don't want it to be just an apple show or just a google show or, or anything like that. we like to talk about all of these different things and yeah all all sorts of different stuff not just um you know the latest computer or the latest phone or something like that yep and i do uh, here at the end of this episode i do want to uh Officially welcome in uh, a new podcast to the MyMac podcasting family, and uh, that's the Essential Apple Podcast. They are 
part of the MyMac Podcasting Network, which cool. I think is freaking awesome. Good, the good guys, too. They have a good show. So if you want to check that show out, go up to MyMac.com, and uh, right there on the front page, you will find uh, one of their shows. <laughs> so Excellent. They come out every couple of weeks, so keep an eye on that. Uh, yet another really good podcast uh, that we're happy to uh, share here on the MyMac Podcasting Network, along with, of course... Tech fan, the MyMac podcast. What else do we got, David? We got the geekiest show ever. We've got nope. three geeky ladies. We got the Nintendo Club podcast. We've got uh, let's talk about what is it? Let, um, let's no. Uh, let's talk Apple. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk photography. We got a lot of shows. So if you're looking for audio content, if you go to mymac.com and click the button right at the top that says podcasts. You will find more podcasts to listen to on your daily commute than you'll ever be able to listen to all of it. It's just, it's way too much content and it's all free. So check that out, David. See you next week. I'll see you then.